All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. And uh, we're here again, back in the saddle, as it were, in this rodeo that we call Show and Tell. Yeah. We got a bunch of people from around the community that are excited and waiting in the wings to show off their projects. Some of them might even be gigantic eyes, apps, uh, machine learning demos, clocks, and more. So uh, let's get right to it. We're here for an hour. Come on by. We'll be here till about eight o'clock or seven fifty-five. Let's start off with Sean Heimel. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Good Doing to see well. You. Yeah. Oh, good to see you again. All yeah. right. So I am working on a machine learning demo. I think I've been working on for the past couple of months here. I've got a Super Nintendo controller, third party, of course. I'm not busting into my real ones, and a Super Nintendo Classic. On the, on the controller, I've put this MEMS mic. You probably recognize these. Yeah. And a featherboard that is the STM32F405. Yes. Um, Good. Which, which is a great little board. I love this thing. And I've trained it to recognize the famous phrase Hadouk. And I've got Street Fighter behind me. I've got it paused right now. And okay. the idea is that I don't have to perform the combo on the controller anymore. I can just shout it. All right, let's see if this works. All right, so I can move around, do my character. Oh, he has false positives. Hadouken! Hadouken! Great. It's a little slow, and there's some false positives. So it needs some work, but it's working. It's decently working. You can see the false positives behind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It might be hearing the sound whenever he says oh, it. right. And then it's just feeding back over and over. Oh, my God, you don't sound that. But it's only for Street Fighter. Exactly. All right, so, cool. You're going to do a vibe at this? I'm sorry? Are you going to do a tutorial on this? Yes. So uh, I've got uh, getting started with, in fact, let me kill this so you don't hear that sound anymore. I've got a getting started with TensorFlow Lite that's up on DigiKey's YouTube page. And I'm working on a series of tutorials. And I'm keeping all of this code together on my GitHub uh, on a GitHub repo, that's uh, github.com slash seanhemail slash custom-wake-word. And the idea is there'll be a number of tools in there to help people train their own wake words. So instead of Hadouken, I'm also working with some other makers to do like Dracarys or Archimedes, which is, um, you're probably familiar with Ajay and uh, Alex Glow. And they're um, we're, I'm helping them create some wake words for their bots as well. But awesome. if you want to get, get started with TensorFlow Lite on microcontrollers, check out my, uh, my YouTube um, video on DigiKey. Awesome. Right on. That's the first thing everyone wants to do. They want to train their own wake word because that's what personalizes AI and machine learning. It's like, well, and it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to say hello or you know, hey Google or Siri and all that. They want to have their own words. So that's a good tutorial. Plus, I think once uh, these personal robot friends that we see out there, like as they continue to happen, yeah. everyone's going to have their own. You know, it's part of like training your Tamagotchi or, or something. It's like you you make your your physical robot and then you train it to listen for its. That's name. part of the point of you know how TensorFlow works. You take a model and you can yeah. customize it a little bit to to optimize it for your for your use case. It can like retrain as well. It's cool stuff. All right, thank you so much, Sean. Thank you, yeah. Sean. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, next up, Trevor. Trevor, hey hey, one of our hey. iOS engineers at Adafruit. Trevor, what are you doing this week? All right, so this week I made an election day app. Well, I called it the election day app. Basically, it's an app that counts down until the election of uh, 2020. Uh, let me show you it real quick. Let's see. There we go. 
Okie dokie. Alright. Here we are. Sorry, I need to back out really quickly. And there we are. Alright. Cool. Can you see that? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Alright, so. 82 like, days, oh my gosh. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> so uh, in the center, you see a, a counter, a time counter. Uh, you know, it, it shows you uh, um, the time counting down till the election. Uh, right above it, there's a banner that, you know, counts on the days. And below it, uh, there's, you know, the presidential, ca presidential candidates uh, as of today. Um, I'm using uh, Ballotpedia. Uh, the API to, I guess, get that information from there uh, to get the uh, candidates from there. Um, also, if I hit the center where it says election tools, deadlines, and rules, it'll take me to vote.org. And being that it, the app traces where I am, um, it will uh, basically um, show you the deadlines, uh, uh, dates, and rules for wherever you're at. So it can you can be like in California or anywhere in the U.S., and it will automatically sync you straight to your designated um, uh, location. Okay. But yeah, that's nice it. Work. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. All right. This is part of our exploration of all the different new things that Apple's doing with iOS development. So you'll see more experiments like this from us at Adafruit. We try to make them like something timely that's interesting in the news. You know, a lot of people are talking about voting and more. You have location-based stuff. So thanks so much, Trevor. And uh, come back next week. I guess this will be kind of the completion of this project. You've been doing like a one to two week yes. um, pr project, so. Yeah, so like this was made in, with uh, Swift UI, which is pretty cool. It's very easy to learn and get into. So next week I'll make it like very Swift UI, but I'll make it like, uh, you know, visually stimulating. It'll be cool. Right on. <laughs> and um, the simulator that you use, theoretically, you'll also be able to show it on a watch or yeah. another a, another platform. Because the whole point of this is to be able to write once and run everywhere. Yeah. You can show it on your watch. Uh, it can be all, also be applied to, like, uh, Mac apps and basically any um, iOS, any Apple product. Yeah. So even, like, Apple TV. Okay. Right on. All right. Okay, Sweet. next up, let's go to Phil B. Phil B, paint your dragon. What is going on? I've saw I, I saw some previews on the tweets, and I, I know I, this is this is exciting. I got some big googly eyes, some dragon googly eyes at Joanne. Right. That's pretty good. So that's that, no, that's not really what I got here, but I have something like <laughs> the same size uh, on my desk with a document camera. I have their hand for scale. Um, these are three inch round displays. Uh, I, they just showed up today. And so I had to get distracted from my work. Like a gigantic watch. Like, what would this be used for? Yeah. See if, see if the eyes are, oh, it should be, uh, yeah, it's mirroring. It should be, should have distinct right, left here. And it's not going to work. Is it? No, there we go. Okay. There anyway, um, I've been fascinated by all these interesting displays that you can get from China. They're made for so some of them are for VR headsets, or they might be like car instruments or fancy thermostats. I don't know, but these keep popping up, and uh, I'm intrigued by them. And so I, I I pick up some interesting ones. This particular one, it's it's two distinct displays. There's a separate right and left, uh -huh. um, 
and then it has a uh, HDMI splitter, and then it goes off to a Raspberry Pi driving the show. Um, and this has become, I don't know why, kind of a kind of a side, side project of mine, just playing with these interesting new displays. I don't know if you saw the bar displays that I brought uh, uh, to John's show and tell a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen similar ones, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely, is it, yeah. so the, those two show up as, oh my God, so those two show up as one screen split in half? Yeah, it's actually, it's 1060 by 800 pixels. Okay. Um, there's, there's, I got a big round one, five inch round oh, display, yeah. 1080. And a while back, I got some little round ones uh, that could, you know, go inside something. Well, back to not purchase round displays. I mean, round displays are so cool. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, it's become a little addiction. But anyway, <laughs> um, getting these aren't plug and play on the Raspberry Pi. Like a, a couple of them, you just hook up HDMI and magic, it works. Yeah. Some of them, you have to get in there and fiddle these fiddly settings. Um, and I figured out how to do it, and I'm going to put a guide together, maybe mostly for my own reference, Yeah. on what kind of hoops you have to jump through to get some of these strange displays uh, working on Raspberry Pi. Yeah, you might have to like, you actually put in like the HDMI timings and All like- All the timings have to go in there. Where do you find the timing yeah. in there, right? All right. Well, this, so, looks like um, a, this looks like fun and you, you can have these guys watching you while you do it. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. So um, anyway, that's just something I've been a, a little side quest, and uh, I'll I'll do a guide on weird displays on Raspberry Pi soon. I think they'll be popular. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome work. All right. Thank you so much, Phoebe. Thank you, Phoebe. All right. Next up, we're gonna go to Aaron. Hey, Hello, Aaron. Aaron. Hello. On. Um. So uh, let's see. I've been working with resin a lot lately. It's just been such a great temperature in California here. Um, and I just made a, I just launched a tutorial today, which was a, uh, it's like a little ocean beach resin. And I had a little bit left over uh, in the cups when I was pouring that. So um, I made, I just poured it into a jewelry mold and I made this really pretty little ocean necklace, which I did a wire wrap on for the, um, for the setting, uh, which is really fun. I've been playing with wire wrapping lately. I want to mess around with that a little bit more. Um, but of course, then I, I had to make it light up because that's what I do. So um, <laughs> I uh, added a microcontroller and a couple of lights, and now it's got a really pretty. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's uh, pretty color shifting lights inside. Um, I actually was just digging around in the back of my drawer and cleaning things out, and I used a Flora, which you know <laughs> I haven't seen in quite some time, but it was in the back of my drawer. Um, I modded it so that it. I also added a charger, a little battery charger, so that it's in there, and it has a neopixel jewel that is providing the light. So it is USB chargeable as well. Um, and it's about the thinnest one I've made. I've made a lot of LED necklaces and most of them, they're just chunky, right? Like because you gotta fit all those electronics in so they end up being almost like an inch thick. Um, but I cut off a lot of like JST connectors. I did everything I could to make it as skinny as possible. And this one is actually, it's almost like a normal size pendant, which is super cool. And then also mm -hmm. USB chargeable. So that's, it's pretty exciting. All right, sweet. Yeah. And I've been having fun with this. Um, I wanna, I wanna play with more necklaces. This is running Arduino, of course, because a floor is not gonna run like a playground. But I wanna play with more necklaces. It's just so much fun, and they're just like, I, they're great gifts to give to people. And I, I have a lot of fun wearing them, even though there's no place to wear them lately. <laughs> um, you can at least uh, dress yourself up with your mask a little bit. It's cute. All right, cool. There'll be a guide for that soon, I'm sure. We got a couple necklace ideas swimming around and uh this is a there's never been a better time to have statement necklaces because if you're going to be on zoom meetings and parties you have to wear something really big 
for it to be visible. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, nice work, Aaron. I love the. I love how you're taking resin to the next level. It's it's been it's been fun. All right. Thank you, Aaron. And uh, everyone, check out um, Aaron's amazing guide on learn.apu.com. It's really beautiful. It like looks like a ghost is in the resin. It's cool. Yeah, I love the video on Ask an Engineer. That's right. All right. Thank you. All right, thanks so much, Aaron. All right. Stay cool. All right, next up, Melissa. How's it going, Melissa? Good. Uh, I wanted to, sh I was going through my old test equipment and I found this uh, Radio Shack Logic Probe here. And uh, I tried it and it is working. And I wanted to kind of show you how it works on here. Uh, let me just change cameras here. Uh, let's see, I think it's this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. So I'm gonna hook the ground up to ground, and I'm uh, I hadn't used it with three volts before, but I have it running on the three volt rail of the Raspberry Pi, and so I just hooked it. I have it in CMOS in normal mode, and so you can go and kind of touch different pins, and it'll actually make a sound and show whether it's high or low. So like if I were to touch the three volt pin here, it goes and shows high yeah. and it makes a little high pitch beep. So uh, you can kind of go around and touch the different probes. It's close. This is like the, the before logic analyzer, before oscilloscopes were common. This is exactly. what people could have because it was inexpensive and, and you could put it in your toolbox and you could, you know, things didn't have tons of pins. So you could actually poke each one. Exactly. Sweet. Well, I'm glad you still have that. It's like, yeah. You never know. It could, be, could come in handy. Yeah, you know, just kind of a nice throwback thing. It's a cool project. All, All right. right. Thank you so much. And everyone, don't forget, you can always bring on retro electronic stuff. I keep waiting for a week when we don't have a ton of show and tell stuff because we have a lot of stuff here. There's but, so much retro stuff. There's always, but you know, we always have a, a full house. But bring that stuff in because we can all learn a lot from a lot of the past design decisions. Or we can tell people, look, you know, look how bad we had it back then. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, okay, so much. Cool. thanks, Melissa. Yeah. All right. Next up, Nan Pedro. Bring, uh, oh, what? Sorry, whoa. JP just slipped in there. Uh, uh, Nan Pedro. JP's just a little message. Oh, man. Just distracted by the eyes. You can see them in the uh, background here. Keep uh, thinking, Mickey here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, this week's project is this. LED, neon LED style uh, matrix sign that's all Lego compatible. So Jeff and Fumi Guy on Discord had a really good discussion on making a bunch of these. Like, oh, hey, Phil Lamar wanted this like a year ago for all the Halloween projects. And hey, we're in August, so we're in quarantine. How about we make a busy sign? So the cool thing about um, this being Lego compatible is of all the Lego projects we've done, we haven't made one yet that has like a bunch of mounts and things for like all of our feather boards. So this was my main focus on this was making a bunch of like the studs and the tubes so we can make a bunch of like, you know, modular compatible, you know, feather type connections. So not just the feather, but in the components, but things like the slide switch. So you have like a little Lego compatible one here. So it's sort of like a, like a breadboard, but like a, you know, like a Lego base sort of one so you can like uh, play with like a lot of modular things I had to lay things out. Um, so you can draw any shapes with these or of course the letters. Of course you have a little Lego Adabot if you guys want to check out the many Lego projects we have on the learn system. So you can check those out. 
And yeah, it's just a bunch of Lego compatible parts. And the main focus obviously is the sign. That's yeah, we're missing like whenever we, um, like, well, before, of course, everything's closed now, but before everything closed yeah. in New York, like almost every store had like a neon sign or they would use this kind of LED strip to make a fake neon sign. Yeah, yeah. Very, they're very popular for Instagramming. Yeah, um, before the pauses in uh, New York when people could gather closely indoors, there was a lot of like Instagram places where people would yes. go and it was like super great you would you would touch everything and everything was and everyone was packed in small places so we're not doing that right now but they, one of the one of the more popular things is you go in there and you take selfies and there was a lot of like neon um lettering but neon's really expensive so uh, we saw a lot of this so when we go out now there's um a lot of places that are reopening and they've reconfigured their business and so they've moved that sign towards the outside so if you look at our Adafruit Chronicles photos, yeah. you'll see like there's a lot of like fun, clever things. It's like, why is that sign like that? It's like, oh, that used to be an Instagram like influencer oh. hangout thing. So anyways, yeah. um, you'll see you'll see more of this um, out in the world. Um, and thanks for making it. What's yeah. cool about the sign is that like if you're you know trying to keep your kids from coming in the room, they'll be distracted by the sign. Like you're not going to read the sign, right? Exactly. Like, they but they're going to be distracted by the, how glowy the sign is. Maybe you'll get like five more minutes. Yeah, definitely. Other way around too, as well. So when my kids like in you know his teacher you know meeting, we can like you know what's okay. going on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right great. Uh, so full hour uh, 3D Hangouts, we talk about all of the, uh, yeah. the open uh, designs for all this. You can grab all these. They're all just patterns. You can check out the timeline on the modeling of all this and build your own custom components. We will show this video and more. We have some catch up this week, so there'll be a bunch of videos from y'all on Austin Engineer. Yeah, thanks, guys. Cool. Thank, Thank you, folks. You. All right. Next up. This time it's going to be JP. For real, JP. That was a JP right. preview. Staying this time. Awesome. Yay. Uh, so I actually have a, a couple things to show. One of them, I, I can't remember if I showed it on here or not before, but I'm going to switch to this camera. This is a, um, I'll do a screen share, in fact. This is a uh, Raspberry Pi, here we go, uh, high quality camera with the wide lens on it. Uh, and so I wanted to have a mobile cam that I could move around places in the shop, and I didn't have that. So this is uh, coming out HDMI, uh, and that's going into a HDMI to USB conversion box. Um, and I actually just have it running off of a battery pack there, um, a little uh, USB battery pack that oh, seems nice. to run for hours. And it sort of acts like a UPS. I can charge that without unplugging, so it allows me to kind of keep it going all the time. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to show is this week's project that I'm working on. I'll be showing this on the uh, live stream tomorrow, workshop live stream. And this is a uh, Metro uh, matrix clock that uses a Metro M4 airlift uh, with our RGB matrix backpack. Sorry, my focus is, is manual and, I, and I'm not refocusing it, so I'll stay out here. Um, and this is using the Wi-Fi on the Metro M4 airlift to go out to Adafruit IO and look up the proper time every hour. So it kind of keeps track of it on its own. And then it uh, uh, on boot up, it checks the time. And then every hour, it just double checks that it's still got it accurately. And I'm also using some of our LED plastic here to do the, uh, the nice diffusion of those uh, LEDs. Mm. And uh, I've also got it uh, checking for uh 
certain hours. So between essentially six o'clock in the morning to six in the evening, it's this greenish yellow, and then it goes to red for the evening hours. Uh, and that's kind of the minimal indication of, uh, of what your AM PM is. And I've also got something in the settings for turning off the blink, just because I, uh, it's nice there to let you know that it's working and, and, you know, you can get a feel for what a second is, but after a while, I just like it to be calm and not distract me. So I don't want it changing, uh, changing on me. So just as still. All right, it's a nice big upgrade yeah. to your your seven segment there. So this is yeah, I have readable. quite a few blocks happening, but this one's now clearly my favorite. Uh, and one of the things I'll be showing uh, when I talk about this in detail and in the guide is uh, things to do with the uh, display, uh, the matrix display label class that allows us to do these type of text, uh, how to keep things aligned. Uh, I've gone in and done a custom uh, update to a to a typeface so that we get. Uh, kerning just the way we want. And this actually all fits when we get a, a full, uh, we get the fourth digit on there. Uh, so there's a lot of little uh, details that go into making something like this uh, look nice. And uh, and hopefully it'll it'll be a leaping off point for people who want to design their own and, and do their own typefaces or, uh, or find ones online to work with. Cool. Good stuff, JP. You know, one thing I was thinking about with clocks that have the blinking things, so I'm in the same boat, like it's cool and then I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but I like the utility sometimes of seconds counting up. Um, maybe we could talk about um, making an, a, like some type of upgrade where like instead of it just being dot set flash, maybe they just, it's filling up. And that way, like, you know, we all have video conferences now and you have to like join. You don't want to be there a minute early. You want to yeah. be there like 15 seconds early. Just in oh, case yeah. Maybe the border fills in. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could start enhancing clocks because we all can make any type of clock we want now because right. Circuit Python and we have all these cool displays. Maybe yeah. even the dots could fill up or there could be like a ticker along the bottom. But that yeah. might be like a useful a useful thing. And then you yeah. could also do something like have a, a twenty four or twelve hour thing decreasing over time, so it's it's glanceable. Anyways, just I like that idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah. There's always. Um, uh, by the way, in New York. Um, Warren and I were just looking at this article. So like retail is, is going through some struggles and I've been a New Yorker on and off for a few decades. There's this one store that's always been around and I don't understand how it's possible. The Swatch store on Broadway. Uh, and and, and they, had, they had internet time. And yeah, then they, time they called it. I've yeah, always been no matter, Yeah, no matter what has happened to so the Swatch store burnt down, there was uh, a recession, there was 9-11. The Swatch store just grows back. So it's still there. Um, but I was thinking there's other ways to measure time too, and maybe we can yeah, have- Yeah, it's like 4,976 right now. Yeah. That's swatch time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, thanks, JP. Excellent. We'll do some cool clock. We'll have some clock ideas. And uh, tune into JP's show next quadrant on yes. uh, th Thursday, dot seven now. <laughs> Making up my own. Um, all right, thanks so much, JP. Thanks, awesome. JP, looking good. Okay, next up. Scott, 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 Scott what screen. is going on this Hello. week? Hello. Um, I've been working on the ESP32 S2 Wi-Fi, as you know. Yeah. And I forget where I was last week, but uh, I've been making progress, and I wanted to show it off. So I'm just going to – I got into the REPL here just so you couldn't see the previous run of my sample code. So I'm going to hit Control-D and show it off here. Wi-Fi, okay. See the Wi-Fi networks. Wi-Fi, right? Oh, IP. Oh, it's pinging back in time. 
<laughs> yeah, it's so fast, it's negative. <laughs> there may be bugs, obviously. Look at the Google DNS. It's like, we know that you're expecting to ping us, so we'll just. <laughs> right? Back to you. Okay. Uh oh. Hello, oh, connect to the internet. Yeah, so this just loaded a, an over HTTP, a test web page thing, uh, and printed it out. It said, if you can read this, it's working. Uh, I don't know how long it actually took there, but uh, I don't think the timeout's working yet. So I uh, definitely gave it as much time as it needed. Uh, but excited to have that running. And I'm going to be working on SSL tomorrow, which because I don't think it's going to be too much more work. And uh, check my stream out on Friday uh, to see the latest and greatest of this. Um, it's at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then coming together. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't know. This work. week, I, this week, I've been making good progress. Yeah, we have some um, more pixel support, I think. Yeah, yeah, Lucian added NeoPixel support, which has been great. Um, I just switched this to be full build, so I think there might be some other things we've picked up as well. Um, so making lo lots of progress, uh, but a huge warning that I am having to make the space for the firmware bigger, and so. Uh, people's file systems will be obliterated uh, when they get all this new stuff. So just a heads up for folks that that is still changing as we add more. Um, I'm going to have to talk with TAC about exactly what layout we're going to go with uh, for kind of our final stuff. Okay. All right. And uh, for folks who have been tuning into this Circuit Python story for the last few years, first off, congratulations, Scott, and the entire Circuit Python team. Um, there is a feature story of Python on hardware on the current volume of Make, Make Volume 74. We'll talk about this mm -hmm. on Ask Engineer. Um, but congrats, Scott. The thing that we've been doing together for all this time, it's now I on know. the We are what we celebrate. I always said with covers of magazines, it really does matter. Magazines will will change what it, what it, what it means to be a magazine over time. But it's really neat, Python on hardware. It's one of the mm -hmm. things that, that you've been um, dedicating your time to for you know as long as I've known you. Um, and yeah. here we are. I think the anniversary actually of the email, the fateful email I got from you is actually the 18th. So on the 18th, it'll be four years of working yeah. together on Python on hard, hardware stuff. The birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, tune in and ask engineer. We're going to show this. And then of course, everyone should subscribe to the Python on hardware newsletter. Cause we're like five subscribers away from 8,000. Mm -hmm. Yes. So please do that. Make you can do that. And no, no, no. No, you can do that on Adafruit daily. And uh, join in. It's an excellent time to start doing electronics because you get all the benefits of Python. And on you'll, get, you'll get preview updates about ESP32 S2 support. The 32S2 is going to be what we all use. It's a powerful, awesome chip. So now's a good time to jump in. Yeah, it's just going to get better. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott. All right. Next up, Liz. Hey, Liz. Hi, how are you? Oh, I can't you. There you are. Hey. Uh, so I'm just going to share my screen really quick. Um, if it lets me, um, it's actually not showing my video. Um, sorry. Uh, so while I'm trying to get to come up uh, behind me, uh, there's a new shelf uh, that I built. Uh, and here we go. And it's a shelf for the xylophone and all sorts of synthy things. Um, so it's made out of plywood, and I'd never actually made furniture before. Um, so it was kind of experience, but made it through. Uh, I'm excited to maybe do some more woodworking things. Um, 
And then the other thing on there, because uh, you know I'm approaching my 30s and being into music and electronics, you have to start getting into synths. Um, so I uh, 3D printed a, and designed up a little cable rack uh, that fits onto the the shelf, um, and it prints uh, no supports, uh, so you can have all your cables on there. And uh, I'll be throwing that up on Thingiverse uh, for people too if they're interested. So just some uh, things I've been working on this week, a little bit different than normal. Yeah, don't, don't forget to subscribe to Middle Age Synth Collector Magazine. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. It, it exists. Uh, on, on a, I guess somewhat related, that, Liz, you're, you're a speaker at the Maker Fair Miami. Yes. I think I saw a tweet fly by. Is that one of your upcoming virtual events that you're doing? Yes, uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, I'm giving a talk uh, actually on the xylophone, uh, which is still working nicely. Um, and so I'm gonna be talking about that whole project okay. doing like it's a really deep dive. Um, and so, so that'll be fun. And I believe John Park is also talking too. Cool. Okay, cool. Yes. Cool. <laughs> right on. Well, um, feel free to drop a link in the chat. And if you want, um, drop one of us an email and we can get a blog post so folks can tune into that. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. If folks yeah. are missing Maker Fairs, don't worry, you can go virtual. Yeah, and the, the yeah. folks are and you Exactly. I love all these virtual yeah. events. Yeah. Thanks so much, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You can go to all of them. Exactly. All right, thanks, yeah. Liz. More <laughs> musical treats coming soon. All right. Next up. Joey. Joey. Hello, Joey. How are you? Howdy. Doing really all <laughs> good to see you. Good to see y'all too. So I have this, um, I got, I saw this, I was really excited about this uh, new color e-ink technology that's out there. So I picked up one of these new color e-ink screens. Yeah, um, playing around with one too. Yeah, they're fun. They're really fun. The refresh is a little slow, but for things that don't update that often, like this is a selfie of the earth. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see South America there in darkness and sunset approaching New York. Uh, yeah, they, they work really well. Um, I'm really like the form of clock. <laughs> totally. I'm going to pull off my little bezel here because show off what's uh, going on inside. Um, so yeah, um, you need a lot of RAM, it feels like, to um, kind of store the seven color image. So this is using a Raspberry Pi over here. And um, one of the cool things is I've got a Feather over here to make it battery powered and y'all's new uh, Mini Boost. So, um, so Feather Wing is giving me the higher power of either uh, USB or um, battery power, boosting it up for the Pi, and then uh, turning it off as soon as the Pi shuts down so it can just kind of sleep for most of the hour. Oh, nice. So. Um, so yeah, I haven't run it on battery power for a significant amount of time, but um, I like the idea that it can kind of just, you know, sit there on a, on a shelf um, and, you know, the feather will keep the battery topped off. Um, and yeah, just kind of show me uh, what the earth looks like uh, from, from the sky in real time all day long. Very cool. Nice. Yeah, we have um, some experiments we're going to do. Um, the the multicolor price tag stuff for um, storage is neat because you can have like the green, organic or not. <laughs> barcodes you can change it over time so we have we have some ideas what are we going to do with these seven colors yeah yeah what can we i'm trying to get the, the raw display too so we can make like raspberry pi hats or whatever so you can you yeah. know, just plug and play totally yeah i do think it's fun because like they're designed for price tags but you can do so many other fun things with them like um yeah there's like a lot of possibilities yeah right on all right, so all right well good to see you joey thank you, you good to see you again joey. Bye, bye all right next up we're gonna go to jeff hey and jeff Hello, Thanks Jeff. for coming by. What you doing? Hello. How are you guys tonight? Good. Good. So um, 
A thing I've been working on for the last couple of weeks is the Sharp e-ink display support for CircuitPython. And uh, so I've got that pull request in. And right here, I'm showing the Black Lives Matter Say Their Names demo, which is one of the ones that I put together for it. And uh, yeah, these are nice little displays, um, very clearly readable in a variety of conditions. And although they're supposed to need five volts, it turns out they will run for me from a lithium ion sample size of one. Yeah. So that was interesting to find out just before this demo. So I hope <laughs> that uh, that's going to. Um, well, that pull request is in, and so it will be in CircuitPython soon, uh, you know, you hope. And so, yeah, check these out. We're going to have... A, soon uh, in the shop. We'll have, yeah. them, we'll have them soon, next day or two. And we'll update the guides and stuff like that to show you how to use them. Yeah, these have a, a glorious 400 by 240 pixels. Yeah, the, the pixels here are big because I'm scaling up the font by a factor of six. Yeah. Uh, just because to get it going a little quicker. Um, but yeah, I should have done a high resolution font with nice little, you know, serifs and everything to show it off better. That's cool. You can do that for, for next time. Yeah, I can. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank anyway. you for pulling that off. Thank you so much. Next up, we're going to go to Lolly at Tinkering Tech. Hey, guys. How are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, so I'm excited to show you today a project I've been working on for quite a while. It's actually inspired by the uh, uh, the Feather NRF5840. So I essentially uh, made a, another version of that. This time it has a 128 by 32 OLED. Uh, it also has a USB Type-C. Uh, mm -hmm. I also added a on-off switch to it as well, as you can yeah. see here. Uh, so it's called the Scout Makes Azul. Uh, it was actually uh, just this week put on uh, circuitpython.org. So thanks, Maker Melissa, for pushing Yay. that on the website. Welcome uh, to the <laughs> It's awesome. You guys are doing some amazing stuff with CircuitPython. And I think uh, I've been watching you guys for years with the whole journey. You just mentioned this card as well. Uh, I think it's just the future of uh, where Embedded is going and just making things easy for people to learn programming, right? So uh, just a little bit about the name, Scout Makes Azul. My daughter's name is Scout. Uh, she's only two, but uh, I definitely, I wanted to start a line of electronics uh, that inspires kids to build <laughs> stuff. That's essentially uh, where it came from. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on a uh, line of different kits. Uh, I plan to do a crowd supply sometime very soon in the next few months. So I've been working on that. Uh, so keep a lookout as I'll keep coming on the show to show all the different projects that I've been building. So I've been head down trying to work on that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about this board. I also did different versions of them. Uh, refloat them and my toaster oven threw away quite a few of these boards because uh, you know these modules can be a bit of a pain in the butt to uh, reflow and get the BGA right uh, and not have shorts uh, but I did different versions of them yellow green and oh. blue um, take photos of all this by the way like you know you follow the Adafruit story like we we've taken like the the evolutionary uh, story of a lot of our boards and feather was one of those things where we kept working on shield and we had other things and then lady came up with this feather form factor and we wanted to have an ecosystem where yep. anyone can make something yep. and then with circuit python the, the software side of it just like you mentioned um we thought that scripting languages for hardware was going to be a thing so it's really neat to see you yep. building something for now the next generation um of uh, engineers, your daughter, who's going to- I gonna... like how you're like, you, like, you have to take over the business. It's named after you. you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Building it for you. you. I mean, a little it's bit fun. of pressure Big there. Big shoes to fill. Pressure um, now. 
No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like like you say, it's just I, I think that's where it's at. Like Circuit Python is is amazing. You guys yeah. do some good work. So and we really did. Um, and this is uh, what Kenny came up with. Like we said code plus community is how we describe Circuit Python. And I really think like not only do you get your board added to this big collection of boards, but you're added to a big community of people yep. that want to not only make cool hardware and cool software, but do good in our own ways. And so thanks, yeah. for, being, thanks for being part of this. No problem. Thanks for what you do. And I, I'm on Discord as well. So I, you know, follow the chats on there. Dan Halbert has been very helpful. I've asked him, you know, he's helped me out with a few problems here and there. Uh, your tutorial is amazing. So the pull request I submitted, I think Cadney wrote that. That was very smooth. So just feedback on that was very good. Cool. Uh, and everyone is just super responsive. Like, I mean, like you talk about the community. So the community working on this stuff, you just make it easy, right? So that's very important to have a uh, have an easy process so you inspire more people to do stuff without spending time, you know, debugging and having problems getting things submitted. So yeah, you uh, have the first five minute good experience, and then if you want to spend years on like let's bring Wi-Fi to this new chip, you can do yeah. that too. It's just yeah, like the first I, I've been I'm watching very closely on what Scott's working on with the ESP thirty two S. I think I, I want to do a, a version of that board. Uh, I know there are quite a few uh, folks in the community following along as well, so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on stuff. And uh, like you said, the out-of-box experience, that's one of the things I want to focus on for uh, what I'm building. Uh, I worked for TI for quite a few years. So, uh, you know, we, you know, it was always about the out-of-box experience, which is yeah. always great. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I'm focusing on that. So just a little plug, I, I actually got laid off from my job doing this COVID thing. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone out there is interested in hiring an EE with a, some maker experience, do let me know. All right, uh, my, well, two things, put your skills on the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com. It's free. It's why we made it. Um, we thought about it back at the last recession. Like, what can we do for everyone? And, you know, we didn't get to building the jobs board till later. So put your skills up there because people are oh. looking for folks because we get inquiries. Hey, do you know someone who does the following? We're like, please post up the job offering. But then if people post their skills, they, there's usually companies looking right away. And also as you do your crowd supply, um, drop me a note, PT Datafruit, or oh, the team, okay. and we'll make sure we get the word out on our site so folks, you know. I appreciate that. Thanks for the support. And uh, again, just DM me on Instagram if you want to find me. It's Tinkering Tech. If anyone out there is interested in uh, hiring an EE with uh, some maker experience, then I'll definitely check out Jobsport and post on there right as on. well. Yeah. Um, if, but uh, if yeah. Someone yeah, watching who wants to email Lady Aid and say, I have this idea for a feather, will you build it for me? The answer is no, we can't because we're working <laughs> on our own stuff. But right. Tinkering Tech can. <laughs> and, and by the way, kudos to you guys. I know you guys didn't lay off anybody during this COVID thing. Um, and, you know, TI being a Fortune 500 company was lay off people. And, you know, it's, it's a tough time. But you guys hunkered down and made it happen. I know it was yeah. difficult, right? But uh, it, it's tough, Yeah, it's you know? really hard. Um, we appreciate all the orders that's been helping us. But, you know, a lot of people are going to be able to decide for themselves, like, what can companies do when things happen like a crisis. A lot of people are going to decide what, when this goes away, when things are normal again, where do you want to work? What can you do? How did companies treat their employees? Um, you know, we're doing everything we can. There's a lot of financial pressures on other companies, including ours. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's one of those times where um, Bruce Sterling told me this. I was IMing with him back in like March and it's, he said, crisis doesn't, uh, you know, change people, just reveals and I think the same thing goes for companies. It does, nothing's really changed. It just got revealed. Yep. And I think that's one of the things. Good way to put it. Yeah. So, okay. Thanks well, for your time. Really Appreciate it. So I'll be much. back later.
Take See care. you on the discords. Okay, sweet. All right, Mark, place out. Okay, Mark. Hi. Well, this week it's just a prototype that I literally finished as the show was starting. Uh, so I've been wanting to okay, play right. with 3D litho lithophanes. I can never say that. And mm -hmm. let me see if I can actually reduce. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, so it's uh, right now it's just got a circuit playground behind it with the NeoPixels on. I just got a box from DigiKey today um, with some itsy bitsies in. So I'm going to try to wire it up. And this is only one that's, let me bring this back up. Uh, this is one that's only at uh, half size. So I've been working on a full size one um, that has a much larger picture than to go in. Uh, and then the eventual plan is to try to do a 360 lamp, um, specifically cool. for my brother and his wife for their anniversary. I was going to try to do some with some of their wedding pictures which will then hopefully with MP3 support and CircuitPython be able to play their first dance song. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. All right, come back as you build that project because that's a great CircuitPython project. And we have uh, built an MP3 support now. If you're using an Itsy Bitsy M4, you can just drop an MP3 and, and you don't even need a WAV file. So you can use the onboard storage. Yeah, that's uh, the hope. I was doing some research. Katni helped me yesterday just to confirm with what I found on your site was going to mm -hmm. do what I needed. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait to, I think tonight I'm going to start printing this full size to just make sure it works. Okay, good luck. That's cool. It's like a very um, modern um, audio greeting cards. Remember that <laughs> that was a thing for a while, yeah. you get a greeting card and there was like a, a little song and then eventually you can kind of record something. Yeah. And then yeah, everyone collectively decided as a society, we don't want these. Well, they were kind of, yeah. Kind of it was like, it, it, get thrown out. yeah. And then, and then for a while people would email a online greeting card and that kind of went away too. Um, so I think the next thing might be like heirloom, beautiful sculptures that have a moment of time, something like this. A lot less passive aggressive than an e-bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All I right. love seeing that lithophane. Thank you so much, Mark. Great. Thanks a lot. Okay, that's okay, our cool. show and tell. Good to be back. Thank you, everyone, for showing up here. Cool project. Interesting stories on how Great and why stuff. people are making things. I miss um, y'all. And um, a theme about sharing. A lot of these projects people are making for others, or they're developing entire electronics companies for their kids. Yes. So um, the glue that uh, brings us together, sometimes it's hardware. Yeah. The feather format, sometimes it's software like CircuitPython, but um, all, or sometimes we all make stuff because we want to make music, which is another form of this art called programming. So okay, we'll see We're everybody back. next week. Yeah, we have like an hour plus show coming up next. Yeah, ask an engineer starts in a few go minutes. Go get a snack, get some hummus, and then come right back at eight p.m. Eastern for Ask an Engineer. Yeah, actually, I have one little show and tell thing, and it's just oh, you want me to grab me the baseball. And, and the other thing. So here's here's my quick show and tells. This is so we get some stuff in the mail, um, and uh, I got this shirt. So I ordered a Mr. Zip postal Mr. Zip. shirt because I'm like, well, we we give the post office uh, in exchange for them mailing all of our packages. We, we should money. Stuff yeah, probably in the millions. Um, and so I, I bought a shirt though because I'm just like, well, maybe I can help the post office because they're in the news a lot. But in in the post in my postal mail. Um, I got a Dr. Fauci baseball card. This is the only baseball card I own. Uh, got that. And then Lee Borg was um, making 
uh, I collect electronic pins. So this is a 555 timer nice pin. And, and then these are, you know, the NeoPixly like stickers. This is a hologram sticker. That came in the mail. Get that on the back, handy. And then I think on Ask an Engineer, I'll talk about the Surface COVID test that we just did. Um, good news, um, Adafruit is COVID free. I am too. And so is Lady Ada. She got her COVID test on Sunday. Got the results in three days. But anyways, that that's uh, some things that came in our, our mailbag here that just happened to be at the desk. So that's my mini show and tell. All right. All right. We'll see Sweet. everybody next week. Thank you so much. See you in 15 minutes. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for coming by.